Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. <clears throat> Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw to the English Channel. Um, we're a little bit late tonight, so I'm going to start right off, hoping that you are well and safe and happy and grateful to be with us to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam in the company of the Vaishnavas. <clears throat> Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami is the most beautiful glorification, succinct glorification of the Srimad Bhagavatam I've ever read anyway. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnadya, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvandoditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. <clears throat> o life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, <clears throat> O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You, are, you can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin, madguro man mahadana, manestadaka mad bhagya, mad ananda namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadayin atini chuchata kada hanamunchakadachin mam premna rit kanta yokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om namo bhagavate. Vasudivaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudivaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudivaya So we reach the twenty sixth chapter of the third canto fundamental principles of material nature. Now Kapiladev is going to go deeper into the details of Sankhya philosophy after giving us a wonderful chapter on the qualities of pure devotional service. Text 1 The Personality of Godhead Kapila continued my dear mother, now I shall describe unto you the different categories of the absolute truth, knowing which any person can be released from the influence of the modes of material nature. Here we go. Purport. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, one can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the absolute truth, only through devotional service, bhaktya mam abhijanati. 
As stated in the Bhagavatam, the object of devotional service is Mam, Krishna. And is explained in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. To understand Krishna means to understand Krishna in his personal form with his internal energy, his external energy, his expansions, and his incarnations. There are many diverse departments of knowledge in understanding Krishna. Sankhya philosophy is especially meant for persons who are conditioned by this material world. It is generally understood by the parampara system or by disciplic succession to be the science of devotional service. Preliminary studies of devotional service have already been explained. Now the analytical study of devotional service will be explained by the Lord who says that by such an analytical study one becomes freed from the modes of material nature. The same assertion is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita Tato Mam Tatvato Gyatva By understanding the Lord according to various categories one can become eligible to enter into the kingdom of God. This is also explained here by understanding the science of devotional service in Sankhya philosophy, one can become free from the modes of material nature. The eternal self, after becoming freed from the spell of material nature, becomes eligible to enter into the kingdom of God. As long as, long as one has even a slight desire to enjoy or lord it, lord it over, material nature, there is no chance of his being freed from the influence of nature's material modes. Therefore, one has to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead analytically, as explained in the Sankhya system of philosophy by Lord Kapiladev. Text 2 Knowledge is the ultimate perfection of self-realization. I shall explain that knowledge unto you by which the knots of attachment to the material world are cut. Purport. It is said that by proper understanding of the pure self or by self-realization one can be freed from material attachment. Knowledge leads one to attain the ultimate perfection of life and to see oneself as he is. The Shvetashvatara Upanishad 3.8 <clears throat> also confirms this. Tam eva vidit vati mritum eti simply by, simply by understanding one's spiritual position or by seeing oneself as he is, one can be freed from material entanglement. In various ways, the seeing of oneself is described in the Vedic literatures, and it is confirmed in the Bhagavatam, Purushasya Atma Darshanam, that one has to see oneself and know what he is. As Kapila Dev explains to his mother, this seeing, in quotes, can be done by hearing from the proper authoritative source. Kapila Dev is the greatest authority because he is the personality of Godhead. And if someone accepts whatever is explained as it is, without interpretation, then he can see himself. Lord Chaitanya explained to Sanatana Goswami the real constitutional position of the individual. He said directly that each and every individual soul is eternally a servitor of Krishna. Jivera sarupa hoya krishnera nityadas. Every individual soul is eternally a servitor 
And when one is fixed in the understanding that he is part and parcel of the Supreme Soul and that his eternal position is to serve in association with the Supreme Lord, he becomes self-realized. This position of rightly understanding oneself cuts the knot of material attraction. Ridaya granti bedanam. Due to false ego or false identification of oneself with the body and the material world, one is entrapped by maya. But as soon as one understands that he is qualitatively the same substance as the Supreme Lord, because he belongs to the same category of spirit soul, and that his perceptual and that his perpetual position is to serve, one attains Atma Darshanam and Ridaya Granti Bedanam, self realization. When one can cut the knot of attachment to the material world, his understanding is called knowledge. Atma darshanam means to see oneself by knowledge. Therefore, when one is freed from the false ego by the cultivation of real knowledge, he sees himself, and that is the ultimate necessity of human life. The soul is thus isolated from the entanglement of the 24 categories of material nature. Pursuit of the systematic philosophy process called Sankhya is called knowledge and self-revelation. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. What an absolutely fantastic purport. Text 3. The Supreme Personality of Godhead The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the Supreme Soul. And He has no beginning. He is transcendental to the material modes of nature and beyond the existence of this material world. He is perceivable everywhere because He is self-effulgent. And by His self-effulgent luster, the entire creation is maintained. Purport. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is described as being without beginning. He is Purusha, the Supreme Spirit. Purusha means person. When we think of a person in our present experience, that person has a beginning. This means that he has taken birth and that there is a history from the beginning of his life. But the Lord is particularly mentioned here as anadi, beginningless. If we examine all persons, we will find that everyone has a beginning. But when we approach a person who has no beginning, he is the Supreme Person. That is the definition given in the Brahma Sangita, Ishwadak Parama Krishna. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is Krishna, the Supreme Controller. He is without beginning and He is the beginning of everyone. This definition is found in all Vedic literatures. Hmm. The Lord is described as the soul or spirit. What is the definition of spirit? Spirit is perceivable everywhere. Brahman means great. His greatness is perceived everywhere. And what is that greatness? Consciousness. We have personal experience of consciousness, for it is spread all over the body. In every hair follicle of our body, we can feel consciousness. This is individual consciousness. Similarly, there is superconsciousness. The example can be given of a small light and the sunlight. The sunlight is perceived everywhere, 
even within the room or in the sky. But the small light is experienced within a specific limit. Similarly, our consciousness is perceived within the limit of our particular body. But the superconsciousness or the existence of God is perceived everywhere. He is present everywhere by His energy. It is stated in the Vishnu Purana that whatever we find, anywhere and everywhere, is the distribution of the energy of the Supreme Lord. In Bhagavad Gita, also it is confirmed that the Lord is all-pervading and exists everywhere by His two kinds of energy, one spiritual and the other material. Both the spiritual and material energies are spread everywhere. And that is the proof of the existence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The existence of consciousness everywhere is not temporary. It is without beginning. And because it is without beginning, it is also without end. The theory that consciousness develops at a certain stage of material combination is not accepted herein. For the consciousness which exists everywhere is said to be without beginning. The materialistic or atheistic theory stating that there is no soul, that there is no God, and that consciousness is the result of a combination of matter is not acceptable. Matter is not beginningless. It has a beginning. And this material body has a beginning. The universal body does also. And as our material body has begun on the basis of our soul, the entire gigantic universal body has begun on the basis of the Supreme Soul. The Vedanta Sutra says, Janmad Yasya, this entire material exhibition, its, its creation, its growth, its maintenance, and its disillusion, is an emanation from the Supreme Person. In Bhagavad Gita, also, the Lord says, I am the beginning, the source of birth of everything. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is described here. He is not a temporary person, nor does he have a beginning. He is without a cause, and he is the cause of all causes. Paraha means transcendental, beyond the creative energy. The Lord is the creator of the creative energy. We can see that there is a creative energy in the material world, but he is not under this energy. He is prakriti para, beyond this energy. He is not subject, he is not subjected to the threefold miseries created by the material energy because he is beyond it. The modes of material nature do not touch him. It is explained here, swayam jyoti, he is light himself. We have experience in the material world of one's light one of one one light I see excuse me we have experience in the material world of one lights being a reflection of another just as moonlight is a reflection of the sunlight sunlight is it is also the reflection of the brahma jyoti Similarly, Brahma Jyoti, the spiritual effulgence, is, the, is a reflection of the body of the Supreme Lord. This is confirmed in the Brahma Sangita, Yasya Prabha, Prabhavata. The Brahma Jyoti, or Brahman effulgence, is due to his bodily luster. Therefore, it is said here, Swayam Jyoti, he himself is light. His light is distributed in different ways as the Brahma Jyoti, as sunlight and as moonlight. 
Bhagavad Gita confirms that in the spiritual world there is no need of sunlight, moonlight or electricity. The Upanishads also confirm this because the bodily luster of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is sufficient to illuminate the spiritual world. There is no need of sunlight, moonlight or any other light or electricity. This self-illumination also contradicts the theory that the spirit soul or the spiritual consciousness develops at a certain point in material combination. The term Swayam Jyoti indicates that there is no tinge of anything material or material reaction. Again, the term Swayam Jyoti indicates that there is no tinge of anything material or any material reaction. It is confirmed here that the concept of the Lord's all-pervasiveness is due to His illumination everywhere. We have experienced that the sun is situated in one place, but the sunlight is diffused all around for millions and millions of miles. That is our practical experience. Similarly, although the Supreme Light is situated in His personal abode, Vaikuntha or Vrindavan, His light is diffused, not only in the spiritual world, but beyond that. In the material world also, in the material world also, that light is reflected by the sun globe, and the sunlight is reflected by the moon globe. Thus, although He is situated in His own abode, His light is distributed all over the spiritual and material worlds. The Brahma Sangita 5.37 confirms this. Goloka eva nipasatyakilatma bhutaha He is living in Goloka, but still He is present all over the creation. He is the super soul of everything, the supreme personality of Godhead, and He has innumerable transcendental qualities. It is concluded that although he is undoubtedly a person, he is not a purusha of this material world. Mayavadi philosophers cannot understand that beyond this material world there can be a person. Therefore, they are impersonalists. But it is, but it is explained very nicely here that the personality of Godhead is beyond material existence. Text 4 As his pastime, that Supreme Personality of Godhead, the greatest of the great, accepted the subtle material energy, which is invested with, the three, with three material modes of nature and which is related with Vishnu. Purport In this verse, the word gunamayim is very significant. Daivim means the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And gunamayim means invested with the three modes of material nature. When the material energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead appears, this gunamayim energy acts as a manifestation of the energies of the three modes. It acts as a covering. The energy emanated from the Supreme Personality of Godhead manifests in two ways, as an emanation from the Supreme Lord and as a covering of the Lord's face. In Bhagavad Gita it is said, that because the whole world is illusioned by the three modes of material nature, the common conditioned soul, being covered by such energy, cannot see the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The example of a cloud is very nicely given. Hmm. 
all of a sudden there may appear a big cloud in the sky. This cloud is perceived in two ways. To the sun, the cloud is a creation of its energy. But to the ordinary common man, in the conditioned state, it is a covering to the eyes. Because of the cloud, the sun cannot be seen. Oops. It is not that the sun is actually covered by the cloud. Only the vision of the ordinary being is covered. Similarly, although Maya cannot cover the Supreme Lord, who is beyond Maya, the material energy covers the ordinary living entities. Those conditioned souls who are covered are individual living entities, and he from whose and he from from and he from whose energy Maya is created is the supreme personality of Godhead. In another place in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the first canto, seventh chapter, it is stated that Vyasadeva by his spiritual vision, saw the Supreme Lord and the material energy standing behind him. This, include, this indicates that material energy cannot cover the Lord, just as darkness cannot cover the sun. Darkness can cover a jurisdiction which is very insignificant in comparison to that of the sun. Darkness can cover a small cave, but not the open sky. Similarly, the covering capacity of the material energy is limited and cannot act on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is therefore called Vibhu. As the appearance of a cloud is accepted by the sun, so the appearance of the material energy at a certain interval, is accepted by the Lord. Although his material energy is utilized to create the material world, this does not mean that he is covered by that energy. Those who are covered by the material energy are called conditioned souls. The Lord accepts the material energy for his material pastimes in creation, maintenance, and disillusion. But the conditioned soul is covered. He cannot understand that beyond this material energy there is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the cause of all causes. Just as a less intelligent person cannot understand that beyond the covering of the clouds there is bright sunshine. Text 5. <clears throat> Divided into varieties by her threefold modes, material nature creates the forms of the living entities, and the living entities, seeing this, are illusioned by the knowledge. And again, divided into varieties by her threefold modes, material energy creates the forms of the living entities. And the living entities, seeing this, are illusioned by the knowledge, by the knowledge-covering feature of the illusory energy. Purport. <clears throat> Material energy has the power to cover knowledge, but this covering cannot be applied to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is applicable only to the praja, or those who are born with material bodies, the conditioned souls. The different kinds of living entities vary according to the modes of material nature, as explained in Bhagavad Gita and other Vedic literature. In Bhagavad Gita 7.12, it is very nicely explained that although the modes of goodness, passion, 
and ignorance or born of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is not subject to them. In other words, the energy emanating from the Supreme Personality of Godhead cannot act on him. It acts on the conditioned souls who are covered by the material energy. The Lord is the Father of all living entities because He impregnates material energy with the conditioned souls. Therefore, the conditioned souls get bodies created by the material energy, whereas the Father of the living entities is aloof from the three modes. It is stated in the previous verse that the material energy was accepted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead in order that He might exhibit pastimes for the living entities who wanted to enjoy and lord it over the material energy. This world was created through the material, material energy of the Lord for the so-called enjoyment of such living entities. Why this material world was created for the sufferings of the conditioned souls is a very intricate, intricate question. There is a hint in the previous verse in the word Lilaya, which means for the pastimes of the Lord. The Lord wants to rectify the enjoying temperament of the conditioned souls. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita that no one is the enjoyer but the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This material energy is created therefore for anyone who pretends to enjoy. An example can be cited here that there is no necessity for the government's creation of a separate police department but because it is a fact that some of the citizens will not accept the state laws the department to deal with criminals is necessary. There is no necessity but at the same time there is a necessity. Similarly, there was no necessity to create this material world for the sufferings of the conditioned souls. But, it's, but at the same time, there are certain living entities known as Nityabhada who are eternally conditioned. We say that they have been conditioned from time immemorial because no one can trace out when the living entity the part and parcel of the Supreme Lord became rebellious against the supremacy of the Lord. It is a fact that there are two classes of men, those who are obedient to the laws of the Supreme Lord and those who are atheists or agnostics who do not accept the existence of God and who want to create their own laws. They want to establish that everyone can create his own laws or his own religious path. Without tracing out the beginning of the existence of these two classes, we can take it for granted that some of the living entities revolted against the laws of the Lord. Such entities are called conditioned souls, for they are conditioned by the three modes of material nature. Therefore, the words Gunai Vichitra are used here. In this material world, there are 8,400,000 species of life. As spirit souls, they are all transcendental to this material world. Why then do they exhibit themselves in different stages of life? The answer is given here. They are under the spell of the three modes of material nature. Because they were created by the material energy, their bodies, because they were created by the material energy, their bodies are made of the material elements. Covered by the material body, the spiritual identity is lost, and therefore the word mumuhe is used here, indicating that they have forgotten their own spiritual identity. This forgetfulness of spiritual identity is present in the jivas 
or souls who are conditioned, being subject to be covered by the energy of material nature. Jnana guhaya is another word used. Guhu or guha means covering because the knowledge of the minute conditioned souls is covered. They are exhibited in so many species of life. It is said in the Srimad Bhagavatam, 7th Canto, 1st, excuse me, it is said in the Srimad Bhagavatam, 7th Chapter, 1st Canto, the living entities are illusioned by the material energy. In the Vedas also, it is stated that the eternal living entities are covered by different modes and that they are called tree-colored, red, white, and blue living entities. <clears throat> Red is the representation of the mode of passion. White is the representation of the mode of goodness. And blue is the representation of the mode of ignorance. These modes of material nature belong to the material energy and therefore the living entities under these different modes of material nature have different kinds of material bodies. Because they are forgetful of their spiritual identities, they think the material bodies to be themselves. To the conditioned soul, me means the material body. This is called moha or bewilderment. It is repeatedly said in the Kata Upanishad that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is never affected by the influence of material nature. It is, rather, the conditioned souls or the minute infinitesimal parts and parcels of the Supreme who are affected by the influence of material nature and to appear in different bodies under the material modes. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāi fabulous purport describes everything okay it's 8 o'clock on the dot so we will stop here our reading it went fast no very fast and we'll start with text 6 long purports means we only got 5 verses read tonight so we'll stop here, Hare Krishna, and wait for the reflections of these powerful purports by the assembled Vaishnavas. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. First is from Sudevi Dasi. Sudevi Dasi, Hare Krishna to you too. She says, Hare Krishna, Maharaj. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And it's from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all the assembled sages, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Sri Man Bhagavatam. Thank you very much. Glories to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, His pure devotees, and His literary incarnation of Himself. Srimad Bhagavatam. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai. And from Nazreen. Nazreen, Hare Krishna. She says, I need a reading, please. <laughs> well, you just got one, so I hope you're happy. And from Bhakta Christopher? Yes, Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I'm glad to be able to be here for this reading. It helps keep me grounded. 
Thank you for your wonderful service. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I got no credit. Prabhupada gets all the credit. I'm just repeating. Hare Krishna. From Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I am appreciating hearing today that there might be a chance for us to escape the dredges of the material world. These readings give us the knowledge we need to grow in our self-realization. Thank you for this gift each day. Thank you for your ears and your heart, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna. The explanation of consciousness was very nice but a bit confusing. I have a question about it. Consciousness is material as it has a beginning and an end. Can you elaborate more on the difference between superconsciousness and consciousness? Both Krishna and the soul, the individual souls, are conscious. Krishna's consciousness is supreme infinite and the individual soul's consciousness is infinitesimal that means that qualitatively they are the same they're both souls they're both conscious living beings just like all of us are you know, in, in America, for instance, all of us are Americans. So we're one in the sense that we are Americans. But each one of us has an individual identity. And each of us as Americans are very small in relationship to the whole of American consciousness. So the superconsciousness is an expansion of Krishna's of Krishna located in each one of our hearts as a localized expansion. In other words, Krishna expands himself into each one of our hearts as a personal expansion. But the individual soul is also in the heart and is also expand an expansion of Krishna, but he is an, an expansion of an infinitesimal portion of Krishna's supreme consciousness. So the individual consciousness is in quality the same as Krishna, but in quantity he is completely different. He is infinitesimal, whereas Krishna is infinite. That is the difference between the consciousness of the soul, individual soul, and the consciousness of Krishna. Hare Krishna. From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's readings of Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai Ho. And from Chitraleka Dasi. Yes, Chitraleka Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to the treasure house that the Srimad Bhagavatam is. Yes, treasure house of knowledge. Today the absolute brilliance of Srila Prabhupada struck me once again. His purports do not just contain extraordinary transcendental wisdom, but also a true work of art. How clear must his vision of this reality have been? How deep his experience of the truth? Subsequently, how fortunate are we to get a small glimpse of this eternal truth through our materially blurred eyes and ears in this far-out, insignificant, dark little corner of a foreign universe. Thank you, Maharaj, for enlightening us and sharing the causeless mercy of Sri the Prabhupada with us. Yes, Srila Prabhupada is a transcendental poet. In other words, he, he, 
his words are expertly arranged to it, he's not a, he's not an intellectual he's greatly intellectual but he's not an intellectual in the mundane sense that he's so absorbed in information content you know that he can't explain exactly what it means but he's a poet a transcendental poet who can create images in the mind it these they're 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 not book words they're they're i don't know how to explain it they're his words form pictures his words allow you to visualize what he's talking about there's no pretension there's no attempt on his part to exhibit his knowledge he's simply a transparent poetic uh, medium through which transcendental thoughts can be uh, perceived and accessed by uh, his readers this is what makes his books different from any other books that I've ever read Hare Krishna thank you for your for your nice uh, reflection and from Bhakta Rupa Jai Bhakta Rupa thank you for reading this evening Maharaj very nice to be hearing with you again we conditioned souls are covered by these modes of nature but Krishna is never affected by the modes Therefore, it seems so important for us to hear from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as Kapiladev, to give us a vision above the clouds. Prabhupada, as a pure representative of Krishna, translates and further clarifies these points in a way that we can understand. Yes. I was very lucky to speak with Shivaram Swami this past week, and he was explaining how the Guru is the representative of Krishna, like an embassy as a representative of another country. Although we are in this material world, the Guru represents the spiritual reality. Very nice way of understanding. Hare nice. Krishna. Very good. Thank you very much for sharing that. And from Gemma? Yes, Bhakti Gemma. Thanks again, Guru Maharaj. Jai Sri the Prabhupada, the transcendental poet. I like that. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And from Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for keeping us on the track of Shravanam. Hridaya Granti, not of material attraction, are cut by hearing the very elaborate Bhaktivedanta purport. The Lord says in the very first verse, I shall explain that knowledge unto you by which the knots of attachment to the material world are cut. Thank you for your reading. Thank you for your listening, Hare Krishna. You, you listen attentively and that's, that is the method. It's the only way into the spiritual understanding. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Maharaj, you saying Srila Prabhupada is a transcendental poet is so lovely to hear. I like that too. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my grateful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for another daily reading. And we, in which we get to hear about the precise position we are in. I love to hear Sri the Prabhupada speak about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is authoritative in each and every single word, and his words bring immediate relief to my parched heart and mind. The credit I happily give you is that you keep the transcendental sound vibration going. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much.
Hare Krishna. Okay, so wonderful beginning to this 26th chapter, The Fundamental Principles of Material Nature. And now we're going to go, starting tomorrow, deeper into the subject. And it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. And if we hear attentively and try very intensely to understand, we will be removed from the uh, influence of the material nature gradually. One more from Koladvipati. Yes, Koladvipati. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. So illuminating, literally. Hearing about how all illumination in the material world is a reflection from Krishna's personal bodily effulgence in the spiritual world. Really helps appreciate how everything is connected to Krishna. Also such a great example of comparing the conditioned soul to a lamp with limited potency and the Lord to the sun. Yes, and no one can explain this. No material scientist or materialistic philosopher or mental speculator can actually understand it. What to speak of explain it. You know? They're, they're so absorbed in analyzing the DNA and the uh, the strings of uh, energy that form the forms and contain the uh, information content that makes the uh, energies come together and separate to create the forms of this material world. They have no idea where it comes from. They can analyze the string of DNA or whatever and, and, and observe what's happening, but they can't understand why. They can't understand where it comes from and what its purpose is. But now these chapters that Kapiladeva is speaking will explain all these things so explicitly and so logically that if you assimilate it, then you can see for yourself through transcendental common sense why things are happening and why we are in the wrong place. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Sama Bhedra Bhakti Brinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. The ever expanding explanations of Kapila Dev as to what this material world is. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.